Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Ooh, my goodness. The way that my emotions are set up right now, it is... Yeah, I don't have the word for it. Um, <laughs> I swear, every time I talk to you, I then go off and live life and then have a brand new scar or something related to what we're talking about and I'm like I just talked about this and then I have to go ahead and call you and say okay listen <laughs> feeling something I feel like God purposely puts me through certain things so that I have material to talk to you through it, it's ridiculous um one of my last conversations with you was talking about the closed door uh, the untold story of my biological father. And, you know, I did a little bit of reflecting and I kind of was thinking about that. And not even too long after I got off the phone with you, I received a phone call. And without going into too much detail, because again, I try to protect the names of the innocent on, you know, this, these situations. I don't want to talk about anybody's grandbaby in the wrong light. But let's just say, Stemming from that situation with my father, I do, and I have to admit, there is some discord when it comes to my paternal side of the family. And that is because I have always felt as if, and now that you know my story, rightfully so, I've always felt as if I was always an aftermath, an afterthought, uh, a byproduct of, oh yeah, by the way, kind of thing. And the way that my heart is set up, I don't do well with that. And that is because out of all that I've been through, I still find it in me to help people, to be considerate of others, to like literally I live by the golden rule. I literally do people the way that I want to be for them to do me, right? Ooh, that sounds terrible. Do unto others as you want to be done unto you, right? Let's just, I'm from New York, so that would be a good session to say pause. However, I find that people don't really do that. And that's not to say that I'm perfect, that I do every single thing by the book. There's some things that I'm sure if someone would have asked me why didn't I do or why did I do, the, the, my reasoning behind what I do makes a whole bunch of sense. I just don't articulate it because, you know, I understand that uh, everyone's not going to take it the way that I want them to. Like I've missed some very pivotal monumental uh, milestones in other people's lives because I don't like their family. Point blank in a period. I would rather, and I, that, I hope that doesn't sound cold-hearted in any way, but I would rather keep the peace from a distance than to be phony up close and personal. Like, I loathe all things phony. I can't do it. And while I don't want to let nobody know that I don't like your mother... Your, your pops is not, I don't vibe, I don't like it. Um, sorry, your spouse, real talk, not really feeling it. Uh, you know, it, I've gotten to the point that it's like, you know what? Beautiful. Stay in your lane then. No one is asking you to transfer out of your car in comfort and come into their vehicle to be uncomfortable. And if it feels like that particular visualization, then you don't need to go. So I have literally missed things that in my heart, I'm like, bruh, any other situation I would have been there. And just decided, no, I'm not going to. I can't. Because my authenticity means more to me. And 
So I say all that to say I got that phone call speaking to said person and all that I can hear echo throughout that phone call is I would have never done your heart that way. I would have never done you that way. And as a matter of fact, I have real life examples of when I haven't done people that way and I should have done people a certain way and I didn't. And as much as I want to go in detail and not leave you in suspense on what happened, let's just say when there is an inner hurt and situations happen around that inner hurt, it's like everything plays to the narrative of your hurt. It's almost like life situations is like, "Mm mm-hmm, you were right. I know. (laughs) I told you not to trust her. I don't know what you're doing. I told you don't answer the phone for him. We knew he was bad news bear from day two. Why you marry him? Like, what you doing? Right? It's like that's the life experience that's talking in the background, right? And then you always have this little bit of like, "Mm, I knew it. Here's my thing. I'm going to be completely, I'm talking about bear with it. I'm going to be completely birthday suit with you right now, real exposed. Because I am from New York, and I know you don't like when I say that because it's like, are you giving us a bad name? It, it's because, real talk, New York teaches you survival skills that I don't believe anywhere on the planet teaches you that. Maybe Compton, I don't know, never poor ticketh, okay? But New York teaches you a whole new set of skills that you can't pay for. And so navigating with those life skills, I see things a little differently. I'll give you an example. Last night, we, my husband and I were trying to figure out a new internet provider because we was like, look, this, I feel like we own dial-up. Like, this is ridiculous. So I went ahead and looked up different internet connections, whatever, and I called up, and I'm like, hey, what are you offering in that area? They let me know. Okay, great. And so I asked, you know, what's the monthly price? Is there a contract? She's like, no. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to keep speaking in this tone because it's going with my story. And when we got to the part of getting my demographic information, she was like, okay, social security number. And immediately, it's like the DJ said, I was like, uh, first thought was, why do you need my social security number if it doesn't require a contract? If it doesn't require a contract, there's no reason to have my social security number. But I didn't go through all that. I simply said, I'm not comfortable giving out my social security number because I learned that from when I was on the other side of asking people that. Uh, Is there something else that you can take in lieu of? Sure, I wish I had a birth. Cool, I can give you a quick June, like bust that out real quick. <laughs> My summer baby. Um, favorite color is teal. Like, what else you need, right? It, it, it is what it is. And so when I hung up the phone, I try to make certain situations a life experience. So I told my son, I was like, listen, be very, very sketchy about people who ask you about your social security number over the phone. And he was like, you know, what's the reason for that? And I'm like, listen, people are crooks. They're scams. They can do all kinds of things with social security number. You, you have to make sure you have identity theft protection. Like, it's just so much going on. And as I'm giving him what I thought was a gem, my husband was like, you and him think alike, meaning my son and I. And I was like, maybe it's a New York thing. I don't know. And so my son was like, he and my husband went to the, um, the gym And when he walks in the gym, my husband puts his car keys on like this random, open, free, unsecured 
key kind of thing. Like anybody just walks up there, puts their key, go work out, come back, put their key. And like, that's what, what they do. And so, huh. My son was like, why are you putting your keys there? And he was like, cause I'm getting, my husband was like, I'm getting to go work out. My, my son was like, no, no, no. <laughs> but anybody can take your keys and just go ahead and, and so they're having that dialogue. And so my husband concluded, I'm putting my keys here because I don't expect for anyone to do anything foolish. And my son's thing was, you shouldn't put your keys there because anybody could do something foolish. Now, I kind of adapt that lifestyle too. That's my mindset as well. My mindset is, listen, New York teaches you how to be a survivor. You Slick talking. I mean, listen, you... You can make it there. You can make it anywhere. And so it would behoove me to have a life skill and to to take it anywhere that I go. Like I told my husband, I don't care if we move to South Dakota, Minnesota. I don't know another Oda. But if I don't care where – oh, North Dakota, but that was boo. But I don't care where we go. We can go into a retirement home, and I still would be like, mm. now you watch out for Anna, Annabelle over there. No, because Charles Jean told me, hmm, okay, well, <laughs> listen, um, I know what I know. As I'm perching my purse, right? Clutching my pearls, if you will. Because when you learn something or you are taught something, it is your responsibility to now walk with that new set of skills. I literally remember being a child and remember my mother food shopping. And she took her little purse thing. I remember it being like a backpack. I will never forget it. She put it in the, you know, the sh part of the shopping cart where you put the eggs. She put it there. She went to go turn around. I don't know what I was doing. Probably was doing an invisible game of double dutch in my head. And all I know is that she turned around and she said, where's my purse? And so it turned into a whole big to do. Police were called. She's crying because that was the money we were supposed to have for groceries. It was just a whole big thing. At that point, I was too young to understand the entire scope of it and all the ramifications that would derive from that. But I knew stealing was bad and you wasn't supposed to be doing that. So I had to be about eh, elementary school. I want to say anywhere between fourth and fifth grade. And that taught me not only that experience, but what my mother coupled and told me was, don't you ever leave your bag unattended. So literally yesterday when I went food shopping I don't put my bag matter of fact I don't take my bag at, bag off at all but if I do it's literally all the way in the back like almost like underneath where you will put your eggs and then there's a whole bunch of stuff pushed up over it because my thinking is this by the time you try to touch my bag I've already punched you where you need to be punched so that you can lay down for a little bit and think about what you did you need a timeout real quick, and I got it for you, knucklesandwich.com backslash you. So that's how that works. And so that's how my mind works. Now, circling back to the conversation that I had, I was actually angry at myself because one of the things that God has wired me with is a spirit of discernment that surpasses all understanding. I can literally look at a person and if I'm locked in and hearing what God is saying or if God's trying to show me something, I can literally see parts of their life that I've never been in attendance for and I can see their true authentic self within five seconds. And that's probably an exaggerated time, which it is because I'm drama, but 
you know, she could be a little, she's a woman. But what I'm trying to say is I can see who someone is off back. And so I found that once I had my daughter and then I tried to do this whole healing process and I'm walking life different, I tried to butter up the very parts of me that protected me and navigated me through life and kind of gave me wisdom that surpassed all understanding. So this particular person was on the phone phone with me and the only thing I can think of outside of I would never do that to you was I knew you were like that. <laughs> and I kept talking to you. I kept fooling with you. Oh my goodness. Which made me then after I got off the phone I went ahead and collected all my thoughts because my deodorant was like, I'm out because <laughs> you're angry and I'm not about to try to, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that fight. You won, go ahead and spoil, I'm done. And so that's what happened with that particular deodorant stick and that's fine. But my thing is this, I want us and myself included to get to a safe place of trust what God shows you. Trust your discernment on people. And I think here's the problem. I think what happens a lot of the times is God will show us something on a person and then we just go ahead and make that people. Oh, you can't trust nobody. You got to, no, 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 no. God showed you a particular form of discernment for that person. And now you have with that person, like don't women do it all the time? Oh, men ain't nothing. They block. No, no, no. The men that you are coming into contact with or hearing stories about, yes, those men aren't worth a crippity crap, right? But you have not seen all 7.5 billion, whatever it is, you know, divided in half, men that are on the planet. You just may know that men from that particular area where you're from or what have you or have this particular, you know the mannerisms, and that's what you should be doing. You should be looking at, okay, these are the telltale signs for men who are not worth a darn. Got your phone on silent. It's it's a secret code. If I reach for it, it's like you you wake up out of a coma to make sure I don't know your, your phone code. Like, this is ridiculous. So there are some telltale signs. What you're supposed to do is take those telltale signs and say, okay, so these are the new set of skills that I acquired by messing with a bum dude. And so what I'm going to do is make sure that as I navigate through life, once I scan him and I see, oh, <laughs> bruh, I know you're kind, then I'm supposed to be done. But no, what do you do, said woman? You go ahead and say, yeah, I see the signs, but comma, maybe this this may be different. And what you're going to learn is that but behind that comma is going to get you hurt because you cannot put hope where God has shown you you was hurt. Do you understand that? And I'm getting passionate about it because I feel like that whole statement of you know men ain't nothing they dogs all they want is one thing and blasey blue it is putting a very very foul taste in people who really want to be in relationships and are scared now because all the drama doesn't you know beyonce got cheated on and Halle berry got cheated on okay but you don't know what god exposed to them to help them to see hey this may not be the direction you want to go in because i don't care what nobody says women know we absolutely know we know when we're wasting our time. We know when we're putting all our eggs in one basket. I don't know what love God has for women, but he has a direct inbox in our intuition. And he tells us 
So I will speak to any woman. And I, if I was a gambling woman, I will gamble the house on, let me ask you something. Did God show you a sign prior to everything kind of just unraveling? And I guarantee you her answer is yes. Sometimes the sign is subtle. Sometimes it's blaring and you put on the Stevie Wonder shades. But I'm letting you know now, you cannot play Ray Charles when God gave you the gift of sight. You just, you can't. And I'm speaking to myself included. I have, when I look back and kind of scan through all of my biggest, oh, I regret that. I jumped over a red flag like it was a hurdle. Ma'am, when did you start doing the Olympics? Like, <laughs> When did you start? Oh, hurdle? <laughs> like, when did we get into the 400 meter? Da- what are you doing? And so this conversation that I'm trying not to tell you all the details about, God help me, I'm doing a great job. Whew. Because you know, no, you know how I am with you. I, I unveil. I don't do a lot of holding. But the only reason I'm doing it this time is because it does involve someone else. And I don't want anyone. This will never be my way of having a helpful gossip session. I'm not doing it. I feel like God trusts me with with speaking with you. And he trusts me that I'm not trying to entertain as much as I am trying to help someone else heal and see a different perspective and just walk life in a different posture. You see what I'm saying with that? So with this conversation, again, it made me kind of scan my life and see, think about your last few situations where you were like, hmm. And I asked myself the question, did you override your level of discernment? And when you did that, did you get to the other side of peace or did you get to the other side of regret? And I was like, bro, it was regret all day long. Because sometimes setting barriers, setting boundaries, depending on who it is, it, it's not um, it's not pleasant. Like, I'm going to give you an example. My daughter, <laughs> and this I can speak on because I am her guardian and I'm the mother, and so I can say things that happen between she and I. So we went out and had a fabulous time. Like, that is, and, you know, even though she's still a minor, you know, preteen, what have you, I still have a great time with her. Like, I can already tell and foresee that she and I will be one of those, like, get dressed, we're having mommy and me dates when she's in her 30s. Like, tell your husband to watch the kids because I need my mommy and me date. Like, I I took her, what did we do? We went and got um, Manny's, no petties, because it's expensive for both of us, and I can't be bothered. Um, We went and got Manny's, then we went to uh, the mall, and then we saw these cute pajamas, and so she's at that stage, and I love where she's kind of able to fit some of the stuff that I, so it's not like I have to go into the kids' session and then my section. She can just get what is in my section, but just an extra small or a boutique or something. Like, I'm loving this stage. Like, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like, it's just the cutest. So we found some pajamas. Shouts out to onesies with hoodies and pockets. Yes! Isn't that like the, like the dream? It's almost the equivalent to, like, skirts or dresses with pockets, right? right. Listen, super excited. Couldn't even explain it to you. I know men are like, it's a big deal sir just it's a big deal just anyway so the manis we got the matching onesies we then went ahead and and i love this part of it because i'm able to show her how to enter into adulthood efficiently so when she's like "Ooh, isn't this cute the first thing i ask her is well how much is it 
And then I'm teaching her to look at the tags. And I'm like, hmm, is there a coupon on this that we can get? You know, is there something else inside the store that's a little least expensive? And we can kind of swap it. Because first, she was like, oh, look at this pajama set. And I looked, I was like, $20 for the top, $20 for the bottom. Listen, she can be a 4.5 billionaire and still would be like, $20 for some pajama pants. It's just, it's in my blood, and I'm not trying to fight it. So I was like, mm. So she was like, yeah, it's just 20. I see it, baby, but 20 plus 20 is what? And she was like, 40. I said, I'm not spending $40 on flannels. It's, it's flannels. And she was like, ah. Oh. Oh, yeah. Then we went and we saw some cuter onesies, but they were full price just because they had a little bit of extra. Like, you know how the ones that have like the unicorn horn on it or wings on the back? I was like, is this worth the extra? She was like, no. I was like, good. So she eventually understood you can get what you like. Just make sure that you it's in the budget because even she was like, are we are we in budget? Yes. Let's get there. Like, come on, preteen. If I can get that into your spirit before you have your own family, listen, you're going to be light years ahead of most people. You understand? I had a wonderful day with her. Like, didn't want the day to end. But my son had a basketball game later on that day, so we just had to go ahead. But when we got home, maybe she was sleepy. I don't know, because she took a nap on the way home. She was really rude to her brother. And then I could hear her kind of like huffing, puffing when it came to my husband. So we got in the car to go to my son's game, and I was like, hey, real quick, um, the day that we had today was amazing. Like, truly and truly, I could see you being 40 and 50 and me still like, you're coming to pick me up? Because we had that much fun. I mean, the matching nails, and not to the T, but she had a different color blue. I took the blue idea. It's just we took the picture, you know, just so Instagram, we could flex real bad. And... But I said, but when we got home, you were like a different person a little bit. And I don't even even really know what happened. But what I do know is this. Uh, I like to be around people that can be one person. So I hated that we had this great day. But you, And, you know, you were this great person. It was amazing. But when we got home, you didn't give that same great person the people that love you. And we eventually got to the bottom of it. Her brother told her to change the jacket because her jacket looked... It's light pink, and it looks gray. You know, my daughter loves something. She loves it to the elemental P. She's not letting go of it. Like, let me wash it. I'm going to have to wait till you sleep and sneak it. It's ridiculous. And so she has a very powerful, you know, a little bit of a strong personality. So when my son said, you know, and he's as strong, and his voice is deeper, so it sounds a little bit more harsh, but when he directed her, hey, change your code, her thing was, I'm not changing nothing, sir. You see my face? Remember the meme with Diddy and the dude that was auditioning and they were standing back and forth? That's how I imagined it to be. And then my, my husband came after that and said something to her, and I could hear her, yes, sir. And I was like, you know, bottom line, to tell you the truth, you're going to have to choose what behavior you want to kind of display. But I'm going to go ahead and let you know this. If that's how you treat people that I love, because I love my son and I love my husband, I also love you. But if you find it okay to just carelessly mistreat or talk to people that I love that way, then you probably won't be someone that has awesome days like that with me, like the one that we had earlier. And and to be honest with you, and I know somebody else will probably be like, ah, oh, that's a little, 
that's steep. No, because what I'm doing is setting a standard for her womanhood. It's not okay to have an attitude with people who love you. It's not okay to be super defensive when no one is trying to hurt you. You see what I'm saying? That's why women, and particularly African-American women, they get labeled, oh, you got an attitude problem, you got this, that, and the third. And it's truly because no one has assisted them with walking out, what are your feelings? Because I told her, I said, listen, why didn't you want to take off your coat? She was like, because I like it. I said, did you feel like you were being bullied or that you didn't get hurt? She was like, I felt like he was going to tell me I couldn't wear this today. I said, so why didn't you compromise with him and say, okay, I agree with you. It is dirty. Because I, I said, look at your jacket. Is it clean to you? She looked down. She was like, no. I said, so what was the fight about? And her bottom line, she was able to land to it successfully was, I didn't want me to take off my coat because he told me to, told me to do so. I got that, but that was the wrong, the wrong time to use the attitude because I told her, I said, listen, I feel like God put in you exactly what needs to be in you. Like he did with all of us. Right. But there is a time to use the things that he gave you. So when she went to school the other day, her teacher wrote on her thing, um, talking back. And so when she got home, I was like, what happened? She was like, my teacher told me to take off. My jacket, I was cold. Same jacket, yes. I know you're like, this jacket, listen, we're going to put some holy water on this jacket. But same jacket, because it is a little chilly, you, you, I can't stun. I went in there and was like, blah, 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 blah. yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it. So the teacher was like, hey, take off your jacket. Um, because she had it tied around her waist or something like that. And so my daughter is an advocate. And I'm going to tell you right now, if she is not a lawyer, I am whooping her retroactive from the day that she was eight. Because I said at that point, okay, you love to defend yourself. You better defend other people on a bigger scale or I'm going to come back and get my reparations. I just, I am. And, and I mean it. And I've been counting since eight. It was fierce before then, but that's when I knew that she was coming into her understanding of I stand up for myself. So what I've coined it as is she knows how she knows karate. And so I told her, I said, the beauty about karate is that you do need it in life because you're going to need to defend yourself. The bad side or the con to that is you don't have to use karate in every setting. So I went back with the situation with her and I said, did you need to use karate at that point? AKA, did you have to make a stand and, you know, stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself? And she was like, no. I said, what would have been a better way to handle that? She said, I could have just said, and she lands to her explanations awesomely. And I'm taking it to the effect that, you know, her frontal lobe is not, and I know a lot of, you probably like, that's a lot of information and a lot of talking to, to a young woman. Yeah, but you know what? I'm planting seeds, and not only am I planting seeds for her, I'm actually watering some of mine because I wasn't taught that. You know, we come from the generation, the 80s babies, you do what I say when I said what I said it or you're going to feel me. And that was it. It was no explanation. It wasn't no, hey, let's talk about your feelings. It wasn't no. Like, we was just getting that rat-a-tat-tat drum line on the hiney, if you will. Mother was Nick Cannon on me. You understand? <laughs> but... I'm trying to do a little bit of a blend because I don't want you as uh, a stickler to listening to me and, and being, you know, don't be disrespectful and don't be blah. And you never, you grow up to a person who never understands how to think for yourself. You see where I'm going with that? 
And so this entire conversation, I know I went on a caveat talking about my daughter because those are just the good nuggets that I always want to squeeze in and share. But can you please get to a place that you trust your gut? And not only that you trust your gut, that, but that when God gives you the vision and the lens that he needs for you to clearly walk out your life, please follow that. Like the man in the Bible, when Jesus was going ahead and making him see, dude got the first anointing on his eyes when Jesus did the mud clay. And when he washed it off, he said, I see men, but I see them like trees. Then Jesus was like, huh? Okay, so you farsighted. Cool. Went ahead and made the little mud pie again. Splattered it. Plah. Ooh, that's disgusting. But shouts out to miracle workers. Okay, see you, Jesus. Hey. And he went ahead and washed off the clay. And then he was like, oh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, I see you. Got a dimple. Cool, right? It would have been a disservice to have that man walking through life thinking that he saw men like trees. What would he have accomplished with that lens? So I feel like that's a perfect illustration. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because some of this stuff be coming on me as I'm talking. But I feel like I want you to hone in on this. My husband and I both wear glasses. I put on his glasses. Yo no sé. I cannot see. No bueno. No me gusta. All of the above. Okay? She's a little bit bilingual. In her head. Leave me alone. I got a little app I'm trying to work with. And when he puts on my glasses, he's like, mm, too strong. Which, now that I think about it, maybe disrespect, because I don't know if he's calling me Urkel, but I will go ahead and dissect that later. And put that on my little mental note list and save. Okay, great. So, if I tried to walk out my life, the plan and the will that God has for me, through my husband lens, that will be a disservice to my journey. So when God reveals stuff to you, this is who a person truly is. This is what this job opportunity is probably not going to offer. When he's exposing and pulling back the layers and showing you, no, I know you don't want to see it, but I have to show you the signs or else the will that I have for you won't be carried out. You know how your GPS or at least mine, because I use the app Waze, it will let you know, police up ahead, pothole, car, blah, blah, blah. It has gone the extra mile of letting you know, hey, there's something further up that could potentially hurt you or um, you or the car or both. And I want to make sure that I'm giving you this information early so that you can make the proper adjustments. But if I'm driving the car and I don't have the proper lens on so that I can read and obtain the information, then guess what? The whole thing is just down to slums. And that's the same thing that I want you to do because a lot of the times I have tried to walk through life with the way that my husband sees people. You know, he's the person that will leave his key because he trusts that people won't do anything foolish, as he says. Not me. I'll be doing a whole push-up with my key in my pocket. It'll fall. I'll pick it back up. It'll fall. I'll pick it back up. But I did my set. You see what I'm saying? And maybe, maybe God didn't want me to have that lens. Maybe for the journey in the world that he has for me, I need this lens. Maybe he knew I was going to marry a, a man who has a completely trusting lens. I don't have that. And when you put the two together, it's almost like a 3D. It's like, oh, 
this is awesome. Now it's a whole new experience. You know, you got the blue of trusting. You got the red of where I come from and how I see things. And now you get to see things almost in a virtual experience. You see what I'm saying with that? Please, like, it would have been a disservice if both of us tried to be blue. Then we just going to see the word blue, that's it? Or if both of us tried to see through my lens, the red one, that's it? We're just going to see something with a red tint? No, I feel like visions are supposed to come together at some point to give a whole new vision. And then you're supposed to be submissive to the new vision. Mm, that was a whole teaching right there, but we'll go ahead and save that for later. So my challenge to you is, Please stay true to your lens because when you do not, it leads to the pot of gold of regret. How do you see the rainbow? How do you see that person in your life? How do you see that coworker? And if you get that little, uh, I don't know, then I need you to trust that. I need you to trust that because God has literally given you little signs that you need to go ahead and follow through with, okay, God, I'm not even too sure why you said don't really get too comfortable with that coworker or he looks fine, but you're like, no, give it a little bit. Try to see you know more about his background real quick. And then later on, you're like, oh, you have 19 million kids. Oh, that coworker was is a gossip. And I didn't know that, you know, she goes to the new people and tries to go ahead and tink their view of the company within T minus four seconds. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know. And you know what? It's not for you to know. It's for you to see and for you to carry out what you see. Your lens is so important to your walk in life. But please make sure that when he shows you a lens, you don't look at people like that all in one group. Like he may be showing you something about that coworker. That doesn't mean that every coworker is that way. He may be showing you something about that man, but that doesn't or that boy rather, but that doesn't mean that every man is like that. He may be showing you something about that family member, but that doesn't mean that that's how all aunts are. You see what I'm saying? It's can you keep it particular to your situation, but take that pot of gold of wisdom with you? Everything that I learned in New York, I bought it right down with me in Georgia. Nope, I, I looked through, I remember the, <laughs> I remember there was some ruckus going on outside, and my husband just walked up to the blinds with the lights on and stuff and looked through, and I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, looking through the blind. No, sir. Turn the light off. Then you get to the bottom of the blind. Then you look. You never let nobody you know you looking outside from the inside. That's how you that's how people get shot between the eyes. And he was just looking at me like, <laughs> once again, <laughs> you just too New York for your own good. But you know what? Listen, say what you want, but we safe in these streets, okay? We straight, we straight in these streets. I, we could be listen, as I as I said, we can be from the retirement home all the way. And I'd be like, now listen. You make sure you seeing how much she putting in your in your um medicine bottle because no because you can't just trust everybody. All right, well go ahead. I don't know why when I get older in my head I'm gonna have an accent. <laughs> I don't know, but do you see what I'm saying? And I take all of these examples, my life examples, things that are actually happening to me, and I bring them to you because I want to continue to have life provoking conversations. I don't want us to miss it carelessly or because of a lack of knowledge because the bible says my people perish right from a lack of knowledge and i don't want that so if i can take a discomfort 
and make it your educational piece or your confirmational piece. Because some, I know sometimes you hear and you're like, hmm, you know what? <laughs> now that you said that, I that brings me so much joy. It is ridiculous. That's worth the whole price and admission of every pain I've ever felt in life. Really and truly. That's like my award. I feel like I'm a soldier and I got pinned. It's like, yes. So I went ahead and I recycled that pain. <clears throat> Love it. But that's the challenge to you. Go back and look and say, okay, God, what, what are you showing me that, that I'm not adhering to? Because I understand that when I don't adhere, I trip over some things. And life was never supposed to be a trip over. It was supposed to be a hurdle. I was just supposed to jump over it and keep it moving. You never put anything in front of me to stop my race. So why is it that I'm getting to know such and such and I feel like I'm tripping up? Why is it that I went to this job and I feel like in this particular section or this particular supervisor, I'm tripping up? What's the trip up? And the trip up is because you're not looking through your lens. Don't go back home, talk to somebody else, and they're like, well, maybe you're, listen, other people's well maybe will have you having a wound on your soul. Well, maybe she didn't mean it. And then you go ahead and let that seep in and you kind of go ahead and pursue back with that person and they do it again. And you like, I knew it. Why did I even do that to myself? Because somebody else gave you a well maybe. Well, maybe what it is is he had too much to drink. Or maybe what it is is she had a hard life. We can make excuses for people all day long, but the truth of the matter is when are you going to start living by what you see in people? The only time you're supposed to live by faith and not by sight is when you're walking with God. We are not doing that with people. I'm going live, to live by faith, and what I see, I'm going to just close my eyes, and I'm blind by our maidens with it, and I don't see nothing. I'm bending night in it. Well, you can't do that. Do you understand that? Like, I want to take you about the shoulders. You can't do that. Stop carelessly letting people just trample on your flowers. It took too long to blossom. This is your garden called life. Really make sure that when you see something, you see it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Because <laughs> that conversation I just had, I was like, I put myself in this situation because you've been showed me what it was. So I picked up the phone, called you, and honestly, I do feel better. And that's my truth. Like, real talk, I do. But I feel like you got what you needed. Oh, these last two conversations, I promise you, I feel so much better. I just, mm, I feel like I get tested and I got to come on and just call you immediately because I just can't. But as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Go ahead and clean your glasses. Put some alcohol in it. Cleans better with the lens. Trust me. You'll thank me later. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye.